0: You're listening to Human Hackers, where we talk human and online, with Phil Richards and Ian Hopkinson.
1: Ian, we're back in the seat again.
0: Oh no, it's unbelievable. What have we been doing for the last six months, Phil?
1: We've been exploring, Ian. We've been going out there just sort of trying to find out what the world's about and working out where we perform best, I think.
0: Yeah, we've definitely been doing that, and in the the meantime, the world's made a a pretty major shift. It certainly has. Who have we got with us today to actually talk about that?
1: We've got got Brady. G'day, Brady. G'day, boys. How are you? (laughs) Yeah, good, thanks. Brady Craig, to be formal in. Brady Craig. We We met Brady. When did we meet Brady? Was that two years ago?
0: It was 2017, I think,
1: wasn't it? So it could be even... Three years ago. Could be longer. It's been a while, Brady. We we had for those that are listening in, Brady uh, come along to a presentation we were doing at uh, Myriad uh, up in Queensland, and uh, member of the audience for one of the sessions we were doing. We were sort of connected after that. We've kept kept in contact ever since, and uh, and Brady's been up in uh, Mackay, uh, Queensland, uh, doing some coaching week. Brady, do you want to give us a bit of an overview of uh, of what you're up to at present?
2: Yeah, thanks, Phil. So, um, essentially um what I'm up to these days is I predominantly work with business owners and um you know as we've talked about many times it's it's not so much the uh, analytical business coaching um where I have a prescription and prescribe it to a to a business owner and do this do that but it's more so about uncovering the uh the deep unconscious limitations and constraints that prevent them from essentially being the best version of themselves, and um, I'm helping them not only find success and fulfillment within their business, but um, overall in their life as well.
1: And how old are you, Brady?
2: 24 at the moment. 24. That's that's a lot to be achieving from a a
1: 24-year-old. But the funny thing is, I think, and you you probably agree, when we met Brady, he had a certain um... swagger he' yeah, He's a swagger of groundedness that that was distinguishable, and I think that's probably why we we chose to interact with him and it's It's just an interesting thing, Brady, to actually have someone of your age and that remembering back then that would have been like twenty one yep and we're we're bringing between Ian and myself bringing a fair bit of experience into the equation and then seeing someone that's twenty one and saying this guy's got some potential and then the reason we connected with you, I guess, and have kept in contact ever since, but to be coaching in that space at such such a relatively young age compared to maybe the majority of the coaching community. What challenges does that face, or what challenges do you face at least by by being in that space at that age?
2: Yeah, so um, I guess there is many challenges that do arise due to the perception um, that people initially get when they uh, see my face for the first time, and um, it has been quite fun to be honest when I get referred and. Um, you know, they all they hear is my name, and they say, "Yeah, just go down and meet him for a coffee." And and I'll be walking to the table, and you can start to see them, and they're thinking, "Is this the guy that we're meeting?" And um, you know, one particular time, I sat down, and and he and the guy, it was a um, it was a bit husband and wife business, and and the husband asked, he said, "Are you seriously the guy that we're supposed to meet <laughs> without even <laughs> um, me Without even introducing, and I said, I sure am, and if my age is going to be a problem, we can leave this right here.
0: <laughs> maybe it's because you're not wearing a suit, Brady. You know, he wanted you to Possibly. have a suit and tie and some polished shoes.
2: <laughs> well, I got my RM Williams shoes on, but uh, maybe I do need the suit jacket.
1: <laughs> well, it just illustrates a point, doesn't it, really, about what how people perceive, and, and ironically – in lots of ways, the, you know, the change process that you're involved in in that, in that coaching role, I suppose, Brady, is all about people doing something differently to the way they've been doing it. And when, when they get sent into a situation where they almost require or expect someone of a certain age, certain stature, what they're wearing, the whole thing to be in a certain way, quite often that just means they're going to get the same old. Mm. And so someone that rocks up that's so casual and so sort of energetically based as you are uh, is going to rock their boat a bit, isn't
2: it? Yeah, well… I guess one of the things that I never really recognized that was actually probably a representation of what it is that I'm trying to help with my clients is the fact that I'm out there you know sometimes in a group of you know 30 to 40 business owners that are in the age between 35 and 60 and I'm this young guy that's you know talking about what it is that I do and 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 not minimizing myself in comparison to them.
0: No, I mean let's that That's the interesting part about this, though isn't it brady that that we all have these built in you know expectations, if you like, or things that we're expecting um and we we put value on that and 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 maybe that's maybe that's based on past experience but mm. but i think more than i think more than anything people have certain archetypes that appeal to them and that and and they're just always looking for that, which is obviously. Not the best way to be perceiving the world, and maybe this is why they they need your help is because their minds aren't open mm-hmm. to you know to fresh ideas. And your your age isn't, and this is this is a whole series in itself, Phil. But but your age shouldn't get in the way. If any, if anything, it should be you know they should be excited mm. by by the fact that you're you're the guy that's rocking up to help them.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, one of the funny things is once I actually get in there and create that relationship with my clients, um, I'm actually finding out that no matter what age they're at or no matter what their gender is, there's always the perceived limitation of, oh, I'm too old to be up there speaking in front of this crowd or I don't have enough business experience or accounting, whatever it might be, there's always a limitation. And um, yeah, it really is a thing that age isn't isn't a limitation unless you make it.
1: Yeah, exactly. The good thing too, Brady, is that you stand out in just the way you speak, the way you present yourself. You stand out in terms of your willingness to embrace those possibilities irrespective of the perceived barriers. Yeah. So you've almost gone beyond where they are just simply by being you. And I think that's, that's again, that's that quality that doesn't matter how much coaching training you've done, doesn't matter how many checklists you've got, doesn't matter how much system process you've got in place. Yeah, It really comes back to who you're being at the time and you are got to be genuine about that. So if you're lucky enough to get grounded as an individual, which you are, it just means the process becomes seamless and that the the barriers are being bought by the client. They're bringing the barriers along. You've got that openness and capacity to break them down, but the client's bringing the barriers along. And ironically, that's all they need to get rid of in order to open up the possibilities.
2: Yep, mm. That comment I used to get quite often uh, when I first started was, you are the same age as my, as my children if not younger <laughs> and they have a little giggle because, you know, I've asked a question or shared an insight that has just completely changed their paradigm of um, what they thought the world or themselves to be.
1: Hmm. Moving forward, what, what would you say is the top issue that your clients have, the, the reason for coming to you? What do they bring along? What's the top issue? What's the most common issue you're seeing right now within the clients you're dealing with?
2: Mm. So, um, I think you would find this as well, Phil and Ian, um, but I get a mirage and a myriad of different reasons as to why someone will come and see me, yet the underlying root cause and this is what I found to be most common is the fact that their past hurt or their past resentment or their past guilt is mirroring into their future, causing a fear or some symptom of behavior that is constraining and limiting. And, um, you know, essentially what I'm finding is that these people who have these unreconciled pasts, instead of designing and creating their future, they're just repeating the the past that they've previously lived.
0: Phil, it sounds like something we've mentioned quite a few times,
1: which is the, the stories we tell ourselves. And the condition stories as well, Ian, so in, in other words, the uh, yeah, that we learn to, learn to live life in a certain way or cope in a certain way at a particular time or have a particular experience and it becomes so, so impactful that it becomes a, a way of uh, living and perceiving and interacting with the world, which is really where, you, where you're getting the clients up front, Brady.
2: Yeah and you know essentially um I heard this from a guy called Peter Crone. he said most people are trying to become the best versions of their limited self and um you know that really hit home for me because it's so common with all my clients they have this story as as you've mentioned they have this condition and and they're, essentially they're just trying to get the tools and and the, the curtains and and the and the paintings that make their cell or their limited space prettier rather than transcending the limitation as it is
1: spot on and, and i guess the other thing that compounds this problem too is that the way the world's set up which is a it's all about being conditioned and it's got a very strong commercial orientation to it which tends to exacerbate these sorts of problems because that that perfection that they're aiming for, as you said, the quote about sort of perfecting their, their limited self, um, it just gets reinforced because it means they're in that same cycle. So the conditioning that we're subjected to in society actually exacerbates it yet again.
2: 100%. Mm. So, you know, for me, that's, that's the most common issue or, or constraint that I see within all of my clients, whether they're a business owner, a mum, an athlete, or just an everyday person.
1: Yeah. And the interesting thing with this, too, is that the mechanisms are the same, isn't it? It doesn't matter whether you're a sports person, a business person, you know, a mum at home, a dad at home, whatever it is. It's still the same basic human mechanisms we're dealing with here. It's nothing special. It's not as though they need to have a, you know, a a personality upgrade for builders or a personality upgrade for for a particular trade or whatever. It's just people make it more complex by not getting down to the, the nitty-gritty of realizing it is who they are it is the way they're telling the story and it is possible to change it
2: mm. something you know that is quite apparent as well as people become so entrenched and so familiar with their i guess you know i call it a prison cell or their their space of limitation that they find comfort and they find safety within that space and for a lot of people that is very scary to think that there's Another way to live, and and that that uncertainty sometimes prevents them from actually wanting to do the work.
1: So, where do you start with a client like that, Brody? What's the process that you you follow? Is there a process you follow, or is it simply a matter of having a conversation and you discover what needs to happen next?
2: Yeah, essentially, it like you said, it's just having a conversation. It's it's letting the conversation go where it needs to go, and um, for me, it's allowing someone the space to make their own commitment and their own decision. Um, because if they're not ready for the change, there's nothing I can say or do for them that will change their current thinking and and unconscious program, if you want to call it that.
1: So a lot of people, when they make that decision, because it's interesting about decisions, isn't it, where you, you know you can make many decisions, but you can take very little action. So how do you get them past the point of actually – 100%. How do you get them past that point of making just a decision, a verbal
2: commitment that in reality doesn't turn up? Mm. Well – um, I guess as I've progressed as a business owner and obviously, you know, a coach or a change agent, um, what I found for myself is instead of trying to help everyone and, and hoping that, you know, everyone's ready, uh, I really make it very clear to the person that I'm speaking with that, you know, how ready are you for this, you know, and, and why do you want to progress past this? Because for me, the only problem people have is thinking that they have a problem. And, you know, if their problems keep them safe, then they're gonna hold on to that and and I'm I'm not interested in a strategy. I'm not interested in positive thinking. I'm interested in them transcending the limitation that they have.
0: It's a good qualifier. It's a good way to, to open up the conversation,
1: isn't it, Phil? Oh, absolutely, and, and it's it makes it quite clear. It also means that from a client point of view, like you said, Brady, you're not trying to satisfy everyone's needs necessarily. You're really saying, you know, the only ones I want to work with are the ones who want to change, and that's an interesting dynamic in its own right, and I know Tony Robbins used that a fair bit, where it's sort of like you can only move forward unless you're willing to change, which ironically was the outcome that was needed anyway. So the commitment to change was already there before you started the process itself. But again, it illustrates probably how simple, the world is in terms of its structure and its mechanisms. And the complexity only starts yeah. to kick in when you start getting to get engaged in all these external reasons to be the way you are, which then reinforce that that locked position that you're talking about, the you know, the prison cell position of, of living within the confines of, of limitations. So, you know, so mm-hmm. if the first part of the process for you, Brady, is about exploring that and establishing that relationship, setting the the understanding that if we're going to engage, we're here for a reason. It's not about, like you said, just the positive thinking. What's the next stage of the process?
2: Well, you know, for me, like you said, it's it's the exploration phase, which is what is it that they're speaking to me for? And, you know, as a coach, I'm able to ask certain questions to uncover and elicit certain information that they may not have been aware of. Um, but essentially, the next phase is the, the dissolution phase um, because there's a lot of there's a lot of gurus out there and there's a lot of um positive thinkers that say, you know, just create a vision board and 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 manifest <laughs> that into your life and and you know, a lot of that is BS because as I said, nearly everyone is trying to become the best version of their limited self. So the vision board that they're creating is coming from a place of lack and is coming from a place of scarcity and limitation. So from the get-go their goals are limited, their aspirations are limited and and for me it's about dissolving those limitations before we can even get to a stage where we're actually setting intentions and setting um, aspirations and goals. We'll be back shortly with Human Hackers.
1: So that sets a standard for... uh for breaking the breaking those barriers down, like you said, or a process for breaking those barriers down. So, what are the challenges within that phase? Where do you find the resistance points with the clients at that phase, Brady?
2: Yep. So, as I mentioned before, one of the biggest barriers is that letting go of that um, that comfort or the familiarity of their current world, um, but. <sighs> I guess the type of work I do is very, very different to perhaps most coaches or life coaches or whatever you, we want to call them, um, because what I'm doing is I'm going in there and I'm and I'm balancing out perceptions. You know, we're going to specific events, we're going to certain things that they perceive were good or bad, and we're actually finding the balance in those events, which in, is inherently dissolving the fears of the future and the concerns and the worries um which has nothing to do with positive thinking and it has everything to do with the nature of the world that we live in and um you know for me it's about starting to live in harmony with the way that life is rather than in resistance to it
0: when you say you went, when you when you said the the world that we live in i i, I think of the times that i made major shifts in my life and it was probably when i started to travel a lot mm. um so t- Taking me outside of the uh, the normal structures i suppose of of the life that I was leading mm. um, and seeing what else is happening in the world um, started to i don't know just you, you sort of do press the reset button on who you are,
2: yeah, and would you assert that it was due to a perspective change and and changing the frame or the lens of of what you see life through,
0: I think so. I think I think like you said, Brady. We get caught up in the the day to day stuff, you know, in the in the routine we're in, the the same people we see, and are influenced by, um, you know, continue to tell ourselves those stories, and breaking them means getting a different perspective. And for some mm. people, that might mean physically getting out of. Um, where you are you know for for a while um but yeah I'm just you, you you're making me reflect here on
1: <laughs> how i've made any shift in my life mm. so I, I got another question brady so in that in that what you're describing there is you know process of reflecting on the past. I just wonder, what would happen if the future just for a moment becomes so vibrant and enticing? that it encouraged an action that was completely contrary in terms of the outcome to what they'd experienced in the past. Would that move them forward in that moment instead of having to actually even bother to review the past?
2: Yeah, you know, I think there's many ways to skin a cat. Um, So depending on what that future, it depends on, you know, for me, I think a lot of people set fantasies um, you know, and I know that because I did that for myself. I used to attend the Tony Robbins seminars and I used to think big and um, I used to set these massive goals that when I now read through them, you know, years later, I just realize they were not grounded. They were up in the sky. They were fantasies. And um, essentially, that was one of the reasons that I had my big spirals downward because I had this thing that was so unattainable Because I was so pumped up in the moment that um, there was absolutely no chance of my psychology and then my motor actions to actually go and achieve that thing. So for me, when someone creates a, a goal or a future that is grounded and that is, like you said, vibrant and in line with what's most important to them, sometimes that can be the key that allows them to transcend their past without having to review it.
1: Well, the interesting thing with that too is that the, it depends on the level you're creating it at. Like I, I, I see groundedness as being a solution to nearly everything in terms of getting to that place as an individual. I think one of the, one of the issues is the, um, the goals that are set by people or the, you know, whatever the vision is that people set. Quite often it's just satisfying the societal demands. So they're, they're satisfying that, that, you know, sort of non foundational layer of their world. And so that's naturally got a dependency on everything else in that moment rather than actually saying well, foundationally what do I need to do to get my foundation really solid here and then achieving that. So in other words, setting goals for the future that are based on setting a really solid foundation for them as an individual so they're grounded and then seeing where that takes them as a grounded person. So I think that's the, the mechanism here is more about you're right, it's a different tool for different people. Some people may want to reflect others on their past, others may want to um, establish some very simple, achievable steps that move them towards that place of being more grounded, and that then builds a base for the actions they're going to take in the future. So it's sort of two different approaches, but it's, yeah, I just wonder, because I see a lot of work out there, um, the manner of which, and you'd see this, this is what we have talked about before, Ian, online, where... You know, we're all talking about successful. This is how this, what we talked about earlier today, Ian, about the podcasts. They're all about success podcasts. Tell us how you were successful. Ra rah, 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 rah. And it's sort of like that's all of that superficial level. It's not actually hitting at the level that it needs to. Let's get down to who you are as a person and understand what that's about. Get to know yourself really well. Work out what you need to change. And then let's talk about where you're going to be. Because otherwise that, that danger is that success thing that goes on and that selling and the, here's my yacht, <coughs> pardon me, here's my 16-story house and my 62 cars. Wow, well, I'm successful, just follow me. All it does is engages people in that same non-foundational level of the world. They're just still creating an artificial set of goals, an artificial set of steps to get there. They're not really addressing it from a pure human point of view from that grander position. That's what I'm saying, anyway. I,
0: I I think that's absolutely true. I I, you know, I, I see it online all the time. They're the literally creating a facade. And Brady, when I'm the guy that sits down and talks to a business, I'm expecting something completely different from what I find when I start talking to the people. Mm. And and that's because my my sort of first impression, if you like, starts with their website. <laughs> or something they've got online, and I do that little bit of research. And when I go and sit down with them to to help them, I get I get this almost jarring sensation. You know, hang on, this is not reflective, and it's not that I'm upset one way or the other. There's just not alignment between the people and what they've created online, and mm. and I'm in the expectations setting business. If you're going to put out. Um, you know a product or a service or something some offer of value um make sure it aligns with what you can truly deliver and who you truly are and if they don't align then you're setting yourself up for a bit of a a fall you know straight away. so much of life seems to be about those expectations um good or bad, you know whether it's maybe it's shaking them up maybe that's deliberate maybe that's part of part of the The strategy, I don't know, but that seems to be my my experience is that I just really want people to be grounded in not only what they're doing, but how they reflect that online.
2: Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, And you know, some an analogy I use with a lot of my clients is, you know, there's there's so many people out there trying to build a two thousand square meter house. On a one hundred square meter foundation, and it comes back to what both of you have just mentioned—is that word groundedness, um, which could be directly correlated with a foundation. And um, we're only able to create the life that we desire if we first have the foundation to build off.
0: Yeah, that's right, and it's it's one of those it's one of those tricky things with. no matter what angle you see it from, I suppose is that really getting, really getting the the crux of and and the essence of of what is of, like who you are, but then what is of value to other people around you. Um, mm. you you got to dig deep, and I think because it is a website or or whatnot, people don't
1: take that seriously. They just think I'm just putting up a business card. So I guess that what Ian's just said there, Brady, that's really the facade, isn't it? That's the It's representing the, the mm. facade that we're talking about, that, that make-believe world that people live in that is about, like you said, is limited by their perception of their own limitations. Then they go and represent that online. And so all they're really doing is representing mm. the facade. And the, the most successful websites are likely out there representing real people. So you've, you've got mm. that, that groundedness not only gives you value in life as a person, within home life or whatever and within business. But then it flows on naturally to how you manifest online. And so you've got that that flow-through effect that has you know so many other advantages than just working on some single issue that you've got as a person. You've just got a, a massive benefit that flows out of the, the other side of that process.
2: I guess one of the paradoxes that I often try and help people see is that the same mechanism is driving the same behavior and and the example that i use is you know it's the business owner who's who's striving and driving for that that million dollar business then the 5 million dollar business and the 10 million dollar business and that 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 search that pursuit of success is coming from a place of inadequacy just as the guy who's laying on the street who's homeless the same mechanism is driving both people Although one looks good and and might seem and perceive to be good, the person inside is still trapped. They're still constrained, and they're still not living a fulfilled life.
1: So, what's the third step in the? Is there a third step in the process, Brady? You've talked about you know setting the expectations at the beginning about the fact that you're here for a reason. If you don't want to change, go away. Almost. Mm. <laughs> yep. Step two. Step to, <laughs> well. It's it's sort of the reality of it. That's what that's what you're going to do in the world. People are afraid to do that as well. They're afraid to set the standard for the client. Mm. And I say this is the sort of client mm-hmm. that I want. Um if you don't meet that criteria then then we haven't got a relationship. That's fair enough, I think. So step two is is pretty much about sort of resolving the the issues of the past in some way. So the recognition of um where the limitations are and, and maybe seeing the effect of that over over years in terms of where it's placed them. Mm-hmm. What's the third step?
2: Yeah, so so in essence you know it's it's the expectation it's the dissolution which for me is them transcending their current limitation and and going to the next one so getting out of the meter by meter cage and then going to the ten by ten by ten and then the next transcendence is the hundred by hundred thousand by thousand and the and the the game of life just continues to flow um, so in essence it's it's once we help them understand that they can transcend those limitations, not through positive thinking, but through grounded work and building those foundations, then essentially it's about helping them empower the different areas of their life. So, you know, one of the things for me, I say to all my business clients look, I'm not here to help you only achieve success in your business, I'm here to help you gain fulfillment as well success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure as Tony Robbins says Mm. so essentially like once we've once we've built that foundation in wherever the challenge is then it's about going into those different areas and empowering their their relationships with their kids or their wife and and empowering their health and basically going in and, and and going into the different areas that I do I guess do create those different aspects that always overlap that that can prevent them from creating the life that they want to create,
1: excellent, Brady. What do you reckon Ian? How do you reckon Brady's doing? He's absolutely
0: carving it up. <laughs> I think so too. I like what you said there, Phil, and what you said earlier, Brady, about just owning your space and who you want to work with and i and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of quite mature businesses out there that still don't get that. you know basically anyone with a pulse and a wallet come on in. Um, <laughs> Honestly, and, yeah. and 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 that's a bit of an old old cliche that, that, um, in sort of the business coaching world, if you like, but it's, mm-hmm. but but it is it is absolutely true because, essentially, the we're on this journey together. The business is just a a mechanism. It's actually this is about building relationships and and working with each other, and helping each other. Um, and yes, we've got this vehicle of a business, you know has to tick all of the, the the legal and accounting and all that sort of boxes, okay, mm-hmm. regulations and all that sort of boring, argy-bargy stuff. But really what it comes down to is the connection and the energy and the value that we're providing mm-hmm. each other. And if that's not going to be there, um, then there's no point in, in tackling it in the first place. And the other th- interesting thing it does is when you when you set that scene for people that's the beginning of their shift if they're the right the right person to work with, mm. they start to realize because you've got that grounded approach, they start to realize, hang on, I've got to be up for this, you know, almost sort of sit up in their chair with their straight back and <laughs> and, and and realize I've got to get out of this comfort zone, otherwise mm. I'm then going to feel like I'm wasting this guy's time, like there's accountability there built in almost straight away and if they're the right if it's the right moment and the right person you know to to work with then they'll they'll do that and they'll yeah. they'll at least they'll at least get on the journey and want to as you say want to make that shift
2: yeah well you know something that i find quite common is i guess due to the stories and the conditions that people have been and the boxes people have either been put in or put themselves in you know they've gone to the psychologist, they've gone to the life coach, they've gone to the gurus, and and all of these people have, in essence, just ingrained their story and condition even more. And and you know then they get referred to me or they come across me in some some way, and I say, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna push you and I'm gonna support you. I'm gonna listen and I'm gonna ask questions. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you places probably where you didn't think you could go and. You know, I had a I had a lady say to me two days ago, she said, I have never had anyone in my life challenge you like you just did. And she's like, even though it was uncomfortable, that was one of the best things anyone could ever have done for me. And um, that was quite a privilege to be able to hold space for her like that.
0: It's an incredible thing. It is. Did she lose some sleep? Because that's... that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what a lot of this does as well, right? People people are either awake at night, sort of you know, recalibrating mm. or processing mm. while they're you know like, like Phil and I have talked about recently. You know, they're, there's it's not it's not easy. This is none of this is easy you know, to 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 make the shift. Like it it's painful. It's, it's really mm. leaning into
1: that. Well, it's 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 simple though, I and mean, this is the thing. It's simple, but it may not be easy. That's right. So the, the, actual, the actual change process is simple. It's what we've all grown up with. It's how we've learnt to live the way we live now. And all we're doing is really using different stimuli or perceiving the world differently to generate a change in that story so we live a different life as a consequence. And I think that's the – now, the, the good thread in what, what you're outlining there, Brady, and what you've mentioned as well, Ian, in terms of what we're talking about here, um, is that we're not describing something that is complex in, in the sense of um, – you can go to someone, and the actual process is simple. It's just having those moments to go back and reflect on what you're doing as an individual and reframe what you're doing. And that's what our mind does naturally. That's the, it's resolving the day's activities. You know, the unresolved stuff from the day gets processed overnight. And so you're triggering a your natural mechanism in the mind to actually cause the change with the individual in their own right. You know, and our role as facilitators, I think, Brady in terms of the, you know, that, that human space and, and within what you're doing in the online space as well as the human space, Ian. It's a, we're facilitating and using the natural mechanisms, whereas a lot of people want to go out there. And that coaching term, Ian, Ian and I talk about the coaching term a lot, uh, Brady, and it, it causes a twitch in my right eye <laughs> because um, I don't think you're a coach in what you're doing. You're doing something differently here. You are a facilitator, a facilitator of human change. That uses those natural mechanisms of the mind to cause change for people, and and a person that's innately grounded at the same time, and I think that's an incredible combination of things to have, Brady, in terms of doing what you're doing.
2: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more, Phil. Um, you know, when I first started out, it uh, it was it was life coaching, and and I I always had a massive resistance to that, I guess, um, title, but that was all that was to use, and then I started. Getting interest from business owners, and and I uh, immaturely started calling myself a business coach, and you know that was a that was a fun uh, little experiment. And um, you know, like you said, I don't really know what to call myself because it it really isn't what everyone else is doing in this space. You know, it it currently <laughs> allows me to create the relationships that I have this thus far, and um, perhaps a new title will emerge at some point.
1: I think we're going to have to get Brady back. No, I think we've we'll got an opportunity for a whole series, Ian. This is what today was about, Brady. It was about exploring possibility. And I, I think it's just, you, you, you've done an incredible job in terms of what you presented here in terms of content, your approach, how you've succinctly outlined it. Um, there's incredible value there. We're well, right, Ian. Of course. Yeah, we're, we're not often right. When we are, we're really right. We
0: picked it. We picked it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brady. It's, uh,
2: that has been hugely enlightening thanks Ian I appreciate it, mate and uh, I look forward to uh, continuing this conversation and Phil you made a lot of sense too thank you <laughs> oh, thank you I'll catch you later in the day
0: you're listening to Human Hackers where we talk human and online with Phil Richards and Ian Hopkinson